As a people, we are constantly evolving, and part of what influences how we evolve are the conversations we have with ourselves and other people. Welcome to Evolution Space Chats, where we take a moment to tell our stories, to see ourselves in each other, and to grow in dealing with our daily challenges. This is Divinity and you are on Evolution Space Chats brought to you by Sowetan. Spirituality, like many things, we don't often speak about as much as I think we should do as it forms such a big part of who we are. And I've seen it and I've heard it in so many of the conversations that we've had here. No matter what it is that we're speaking about, no matter what aspect of wellness we're speaking about, what, uh, spirituality always comes up. And I think it's only fitting that we talk about it as a standalone topic mm. and, and, and what it is and what it's about. If you've pondered about what spirituality is, is what it means, uh, how it connects to your identity, uh, your healing, and all of those things. Journey with us today in this conversation. In studio with me, I've got Upani Majaja. And <laughs> hello, hi. <laughs> Funny thing when I asked you, I was like, so bio, what do I say? And you said radio singing wine. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it's a very accurate description of what makes me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I absolutely do. And you, we're going to be conversating today and you'll be sharing your lived experience with us mm. pertaining to spirituality. And in your opinion, what is spirituality? And I mean, we—it's something that I think a lot of us struggle with. Yeah. We're like, do we? I find a lot of people even saying, "I'm not religious; I'm spiritual." Mm. And mm. we always try to find and try and put it into some sort of box and in particular definition in in how we live. But what would you say if someone says spirituality? What comes to mind? So much. Um, first of all, I have to say, Divinity, thanks for having me on. I love that this is happening because you're right. Spirituality should be a conversation that we have all the time mm. as a standalone, um, not as a back of the back of the back back of the bus afterthought. Mm. Oh, this is a thing. Mm. Because I think we forget as humans, because we're so busy with what's going on here on planet Earth, mm. is that we are, I believe, souls having a human experience. Mm. So no matter how you're raised, from your cultural identity to your spiritual identity, mm. which we can unpack at a later time, yeah. um, you know, you can't, you kind of are inculcated with a certain thing. A certain belief but at the same time life is happening so you've got to love your family you've mm -hmm. got to make relationships you've got to go to school mm -hmm. you've got to get work you've got to carry on mm -hmm. and in that some way somehow one day a week there's a Sunday or at least in my upbringing there's a Sunday where you go to a place to be that thing so yes. as you say almost like separated from mm -hmm. our day-to-day -day life and exactly as you're saying it's like we have to put it in a box and I think that's the unfortunate part of the of being a human mm. is that it, we need so many little boxes to understand things when something like spirituality is multi-dimensional first of all and then it like it is way bigger than the it is so much bigger than the box um that you know on one hand you want to understand it but on the other hand you have to actually experience it yes or know it in a faith way um but it's such a long answer but also you. another thing for me is that 
with with the little boxes that you're saying for us to understand, mm. we feel so much pressure to understand anything that we go into or that we live or that we experience. And if we don't understand it, we feel that it's not normal or something's not right totally. with, with it. But how scary is that? How scary is it to not know who you are? How scary is it to not know where you come from, where you'll go when you when you die? Mm. How scary is it to be in a limbo? It's so much easier to say, there is a God. He is like this. He is a jealous. He is a, mm. he is a what, mm. what, what? Everything that we're told and that we mm. read. Yeah. It is the God of Israel. It's the God of whatever your faith, you know, um, teaching is. At least I get that. Mm. But if you come here with your omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing God that permeates multi-dimensions, that knows your future, past and present, knew you before, knows you after, where are angels, where are ancestors, where are... Now you're coming with a lot of content, babe, and I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) In that allotness of all of that... Where am I? Let's go back to, you mentioned in your upbringing, there being a particular day. Mm. And for many of us, uh, what we say is our spirituality today, what we're growing up saying is our faith and our belief is what we were brought up with at home. 100%. What was your upbringing life like and and what did you believe? So um, my mother is a very strong Christian. And it's a beautiful thing because I was raised in a Christian home. You've got your Christian values. You have kind of an order, a set order of how your life will go. Mm. Sunday is church. Wednesday might be cell. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of that marriage is my father, who's a little bit more traditional. Okay. Um, not hugely traditional, but not a church-going person at all. Mm. And so there's the balance of you have these other duties and these yes. other things that happen. Mm. And... You know, mom is saying one thing and dad is saying another, and there's kind of like the balance of. So I grew up in a, um, a Methodist home, okay, um, and we grew up suburban. Mm-hmm. So we had a very suburban church experience. It wasn't as brightly colored and richly sounding <laughs> as you know, you know what it could be. I think. yes. So it was a little bit of a charismatic situation and things like that, which is very compartmentalized. It happens between nine and. You know, such and such a time, mm. it is quite boxed. Mm. Um, and I would say a little bit rigid and I wouldn't say rigid, inflexible, but I mean, it was that on a Sunday and then it was an Anglican school during the week. Okay. So there's, um, well, that when I moved to Joburg, at mm. least, it was 1997. So for the most part, it has been an Anglican school. So we started off Methodist and then you come into this charismatic and it becomes less denominational. Yes, from a Christian perspective. Yes, yes. But school was Anglican. And so you have the reading of the Eucharist, the chanting. It's a strange mm. thing that happens there. But it's a thing that happens <laughs> in a chapel yes. with, a, with a priest. That's assembly. The singing of traditional hymns and things like that. So when you say that your mom was a strong, strong Christian mm. person, your dad was more traditional on the other side, were you not caught in between or did they both make sense together with you like did you were you able to reconcile the traditional and the the religious and say okay this is this is what it is did you have any questions at the time not really um oh, i say at the time uh at least 10 to 15 years ago i'm now i'm not scared to say that i'm 34 so kind of like coming out of school uh, first years of varsity, not really, because dad wasn't actually that strongly traditional. He's only that guy when 
and there's duties and things or there's something that's wrong and you have to attend to a thing but even then you know it wasn't really spoken about because okay. my mom is a strong Christian mm-hmm. and she is, but she's a matriarch in the home. Mm-hmm. And so her presence is very strong and she's very um, committed to bringing us up in a Christian way and committed to making sure that we went to church. And so I experienced a little bit of disillusionment okay. in a vibe of Christianity where I wasn't quite sure if it was the fit. It didn't quite feel like myself and it intersected with a, personal identity crisis okay because i wanted to speak to if you feel like your identity was very much shaped by by the christian environment and mm. the christian home and the christian values and how as you grew up uh, how that evolved yeah so that's a very important part and even you know reaching generationally my father's mother my my paternal grandmother very big in the church. In fact, our grandparents are traditionally, I think it's just a vibe. Mm. Yes. Of, <laughs> you know. Yeah. The uniform wearing, Christian singing, deep, beautiful stuff. So there's that, you know, when you go home for Christmas, there would always be that. There'd be the traditional part mm. because that's my father's home. There'd be the traditional part, but there would still be hymns in a kind of Christian yes, perspective, yes. even on that. So when I was feeling a little disillusioned with what is even Christian Christianity, what is this Christian experience, what is it to me, a God of Israel? What about a God of here? Why is God geographic? Because I just kind of thought, um, if we're talking about an all-powerful, um, all-present, all all-present, um, do I have to cling to a particular... 10 generations of Israel. I'm not sure that that makes sense to me. Not that I'm knocking it, Mm. but it didn't resonate in the sense that I was like, I feel home. I feel safe. I feel whole. Yeah. Yeah. So while that was happening, a personal identity crisis is happening because I'm so suburban and I'm so model C and Mm. I'm so, um, not different, but so much of that thing. And is that even what my identity is? And it's good to have gone to, you know, South Africa's top school, uh, South Africa's top university, blah, blah, blah. But what does that mean to the soul? Yes. And you start having a thing of, am I uh, this tertiary education? Am I, you know, this this church that I attend? Am I, who am I inside these things? Who am I without them? Yes, if you were to strip all of them off, what's left? Um, And that question was when I really felt like I actually needed to unify my father's uh, spiritual identity, my mother's spiritual identity, Mm. generational spiritual identity into something that felt like me because it would still echo the generations Mm. kind of vibe. In the same way with a cultural experience like, Am I going to go around, you know, am I going to go and wear the beads and remove yes. my bra and become exactly what I'm, what, what, what was in yes. terms of cultural identity, personal identity, because I feel alienated from the suburban identity that I've created or that, that I've experienced thus mm. far. Mm. How do I meld those things to be able to be in a Western world and still be um, resonant, man. I just did you, did you not though feel like if you needed to choose sides, you needed to yes. choose either or. It either has to be traditional or it either has to be uh, Christian. Did you not feel like 
okay, I, c- I can't bring all of these together. At first, and yes. If, and when you, okay, you're saying at first. So mm. in answering that, I suppose then you'll get to when you got to a point where you were like, actually, yeah. says well, who? Well, that's, I think, again, coming back to like a, the unfortunate human experience of boxes. Um, the One of the most powerful of those boxes is the concept of duality. Mm. Right and wrong, left and right, uh, black and white, night and day. As Good if, and bad. As if those things are exclusive from each other, mm. that, you know, one doesn't feed into the other. Or, yeah, you know, that, 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 that there's some kind of balance in those two things. And in that journey, I think that's really where that comes from, is the tension between, you know, I must be this because this is who I am in yes. my skin, in my ethnicity, in my language. Mm. Surely that's what I must be. And the suburban experience is then at odds, at you know, in contention with that. And one must fight and one must win. But at the same time, you know, it's not... Um, any extreme on the scale is not balance. True. You know, so the universe always seeks balance. If you look to nature, it's always mm. balance. Yes, mm. there's winter, but there's also spring. Mm. Yes, there's autumn, mm. but there's also... Mm. So in that journey of trying to find out who am I really, flogging myself because I'm not uh, Kosa enough, I'm not traditional enough, flogging myself because I'm not Christian enough, yes. flogging myself because I'm not any of these things enough because you're in the middle and uncertain. I started seeking out some Eastern, because I was like, okay, maybe I'm stuck in this kind of black-white place. Mm. So I started seeking out some Eastern um, uh, spiritual ideologies. Okay. Just for like a palate cleanser. Let's call it a palate <laughs> cleanser. Just to say... If God is this giant elephant, which is one of the very interesting kind of analogies used in Eastern um, Eastern spiritual philosophy, if God is an elephant, some people will see the tusk. This is by virtue of standing around a physical okay. elephant. Divinity standing by the trunk, bunny standing by the tail. When they say, what does the elephant look like? You say, well, it's a long, yes. windy thing. Um, and I'll say, yes, no, no, but it's not windy. It's not curvy. It's straight. It's straight. Because I'm standing at stern. the back. Yes. Stern. And it, and it bends at an angle. It's not curvy. It doesn't pick things up. But we're looking at the same elephant. And at your particular end, in your particular experience and time, that's your full belief of the entire picture of God. And we just couldn't possibly put that together if we were at odds with each other. Yes. So I felt like there's got to be a connection between how... Eastern people see God, how African people see God, how Christian people have seen God, how all of humanity across time Mm. has put together this idea of a higher power. And so when I started moving into kind of like what's happening um, in Asia, what's happening with the Indians, what's been happening with the Native American Indians, they really um, focus in on this uh, dispense with the idea of duality, which I what was the first kind of like gate to come through okay dispense with the idea of duality that there is bad or good um that there is evil or or you know absolute good dispense with the idea that someone has to win someone has to lose in order for someone to else win. to win because all of it is really just balance and all of it comes from source energy so when you're talking about Uh, bad energy, you're talking about negativity, you're talking about evil, all that is is separation from source. It's not its own created thing that has its own power. It's really something that is just 
so separate from God, so separate from source that it is other. Aha. Uh-huh. And so, so have you felt a need to term it so that we can put it into something that we can understand and something that we can comprehend and so that we're able to, because I, I think as, as people, we just want to be able to say it's this or that. Yes. We want that definition. We, we, I don't think we are quite able to say it's here. 100%. I might not understand what it is. I might not know what it is, but it is here. And so maybe then we've come up with saying it's this because we need that labeling. But for an example, until I was out of the church, which at some point I, I was like, I have to leave this place so that I can find this place in a sense. I have to I have to step back from it so I can understand what I'm looking at. Mm. I, it is only when I left the church that I really felt like I experienced God in a way that was, okay, so this is this, this is this God. How? How what, what do you think was different? Um living it i think because i'm a pretty good actress i guess <laughs> <laughs> and especially if you've been socialized into something you know the right words to say you know what bible scriptures to look at you know how to talk church there's a friend of mine who calls it christianese <laughs> she's like it's like we've created, christians have created a whole language totally. of their own and if you learn it well enough you're able to you speak can pass. It and then you absolutely i'm telling you you can infiltrate <laughs> <laughs> with Christianese. So I found myself in a place where, convicted by the Bible itself, mind you, um, and a really, really good sermon that was just saying that God wants you hot or cold. He doesn't need you lukewarm. Then I thought, yeah, if you're acting in church, who are you acting for? Because this God... Knows that you're acting. Knows that you're acting. So what are you even doing there? You're wasting everybody's time. You're fooling you're nobody. You're fooling yourself because God knows what you're doing there. The Christ, the people who speak Christianese don't care about your spiritual journey. Not in a sense that they don't care, but like you are responsible for your own salvation. For your own self, yes. Shall I say. Whatever you do actually ultimately impacts you more than impacts the person. 100%. Yeah. So it's not a not caring, but it's just a vibe that... Um, it's between you and God at the end of the day. And so when I was talking about the black and white and the separation from uh, duality, you have to be in the mess, the confusion, the limbo, to be able to see clearly, exactly as you're saying, for us to name the thing. Mm -hmm. But for an example, um, where the word demon held a really powerful terminology connotation from from Christianese, Mm. It's powerful, um, it's dark, it's it's a wolf that's waiting at the door. Um, once I was able to step out of that, see the separation from source, when I come back into the thing of demonic um, power, it is powerless when I see it. Mm. Not because I'm now compelled by, you know, uh, the, shall I say, uh, you know, using a movie term to say the power of Christ compels you. And also not because the name of Christ is not powerful, but the way I see the thing in the spiritual realm is such that that poor thing is so far from source that it is completely other. It doesn't even know that it came from light, that it is so far down the darkness into the extreme of no balance that it is mutated it is mangled what was light energy source energy is something else that Mm -hmm. you needed to give a name Mm. but the power can't rest in the name of the thing and you know the power rests in what you give it and once you realize that it is absence of power 
that that thing is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So mm. it's maybe it's just semantics. But ultimately, we are in a multi-world dimension, or multi-dimensional world, rather, mm. um, that has hallmarks that everything just comes to one thing, no matter what you want to call it, God, Jesus, Allah, Amata, uh, uh, you know, who, whatever that beginning is, all things stem from that. From that. Uh, something else that's closely so linked to spirituality I found is purpose. Mm. Uh, it's been said and a lot of people have said to experience finding purpose once they've found their spirituality is that something that that you resonate with is that that an experience that you've had to say as you've journeyed spiritually trying to find yourself trying to find your identity have you been able to better define purpose for yourself yes and no just because I feel like I'm on the journey still I don't know that I found the answer of the purpose, like in the box that we Mm. spoke about. But I know that there's a reason. There's a reason that the soul manifested itself in this place and time in this body um, with with this particular uh, expression of family, of friends, of talent, of desire. Mm. um, And it's here to do a thing, Mm. um, whatever source energy ordained it to do. Mm. So I know that it's there. I know that it is what will make the human experience um, not matter, but it's it's part of a plan. If you believe in a higher source, if you believe in a Mm. God that has a plan for your life, it's what makes the human experience worthwhile because we're here to learn, mm. I think. Mm. And there's going to be not nice lessons. Yeah. And what makes it so that you can continue on the path towards the light mm. is that that's your purpose. Mm. And then almost like almost like a, a retrospective thing, that then defines who you are, mm. what your identity really is, you know, the path that you walk, what I am, what I'm not, because mm. the purpose is mm. X. Mm. And in your journey, in... in because we're all on a journey and some are far ahead and some are far mm. back than others. Have you been able to get to a place and a point where you say, I am this? Not yet. No, not really. Just because, I mean, I feel like I was in a really, really good place at a certain point. Um, but the really powerful thing about wisdom or the learning journey is learning that you know nothing. So <laughs> You are the student of life. Always. Mm. And even when you get to a higher plane, maybe there's a deeper crest mm. for the next lesson. Mm. You know, just when you think, you know, and I think that's actually quite beautiful in a really weird, twisted way because that's what the balance of the universe is about. It's about... Mm. Um, learning who you are journeying and continuing unabated that's concept of of faith or the concept of perseverance is in the face of all the adversity continue with the same energy with the same enthusiasm mm. believe with the same amount of faith mm. and the same fervor yeah um as a child you know the bible says uh you know have faith like a child kind of vibes yeah so it's i reference it because you know it's the it's the book I know. <laughs> but as I say, like once I left the church, I understood so much more about Christianity mm. where before I was speaking Christianese. And were you, once you had left the church, then were you were you able to explore more of what your, your father uh, brought to the table or in, in a traditional sense, Ungumkosa? Uh, mm. And so as much as you looked into the, to the Asian and the 
Eastern and Western, yes, I think yes. is it. Were you able to come back to what could be home? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and how did you find that experience like? And how did it reconcile in you? I think because I'm quite certain that I'm still on that journey. Yes. But um, obviously the the exercise of research across all kinds of different faiths obviously also has power and place here in personal identity. The reason why I didn't really start with it was because the, the point of contention was, am I this, am I that? Okay. So it was a kind of like a roundabout journey. And I find that having stepped out of the church I felt bolder to be able to search that thing without it being a bad thing because there's no judgment 100%. because the reality of of being in the church if we're speaking particularly about the Christian environment mm. is that there's a lot of judgment when it comes to exploring anything other than what you're being taught in yes. the church and there's a lot of stigma around totally. it all totally so it's the stigma and I think a lot of that judgment is it, I mean, obviously, everything is fear-based if you're not confronting it, in a sense, because if you're certain of the power of whatever... But why do, you, why do you think we don't want to confront it? Look, I think it's part of a much longer... How much time do we have? <laughs> part of a much larger conversation of miseducation, okay. I think. Um, that's going to push us into a realm of, like, not even conspiracy <laughs> theory, but it's just part of a much larger conversation. Mm. But... The education system that we have and bearing in mind that missionaries came here for a particular purpose um, and, you know, I, I don't think that we can have that conversation without unpacking the legacy of colonialism mm. um, and its deep-reaching psychological, spiritual impact on our people. Mm. So there's no way that we can have that conversation without that other conversation. conversation but yeah. in short... I think that we've just been socialized in a in a miseducation way to say that there is a, a spiritual priority in this because we've come here to save you people. Mm. Um, and that particular thing was mostly a land grab political economic mm, thing. It mm, wasn't mm, mm. in my, you know, by, by my um, calculation now where I'm at, it was not primarily... Uh, uh, and what can I say? It wasn't primarily um, a benevolent exercise to liberate the soul of the savage. Mm. Um, that was part of a, a deep-seated campaign. I think it's like the three M's. It's mission, market, and military mm. of colonialism. That's part of the forks. Not to say that it's it doesn't have its place you know, I'm not trying to, like, get your Christian audience to come here and try and burn the building down. <laughs> it's not what I'm saying. It's just once that's in, in perspective, mm. everything else is demonized. Mm. Everything else is, what is this you want to talk but about? But I think uh, we've said Christian a lot, and I think maybe it's because we identify. I'm also Christian. Okay. So maybe we identify with that a lot because we've come from yes. homes that are Christian. We've yes. been raised in a what we were told is a Christian way in a Christian manner and taught what we were were told mm. are Christian values. Mm. And so maybe that's why we're referring to that a lot today. Mm. Um, what I think and, and believe in uh, is that with spirit with any spiritual faith yeah. that you affiliate with though if something comes in and it looks different to what you know i've seen it, people 
bashing it, people demonizing it, people judging it, people saying that it's not what we are all supposed to be believing in, you know. Mm. Um, you'd find somebody who's not Christian who's going to listen to a Christian person saying, no, but you're not on the right path. Yes. And the other way around and vice versa. On the what is now termed, which I th- I feel is a new term, African yeah. spirituality. Yes, okay. I feel it's a new term. Well, I don't I don't know if well. we've... Yes. Yeah, it's a blanket. A, big a blanket. very big blanket. Mm. I don't remember. Uh, it's only in the past couple of years that I've heard people talking about African spirituality and people questioning what that is and what it means and how it ties into what we've always known as spirituality and yeah. what one would know as spirituality is what they grew up with. Right. 100%. But the interesting thing, quickly, the interesting thing of what you've, it, just in terminology, we're talking about what we know to be spirituality and how African spirituality is a different thing now, mm. which speaks to um, the general consensus. But exactly as you're saying, like it, it speaks to what, how did you, how did you grow up? That's actually what, yes, that's what is normal spirituality yes that's what's you. normal would be normal mm. for you so it's, i feel like when you speak of when we speak about spirituality it does become a little bit subjective uh, totally what do you know what have you been brought up with and then the interesting part though what i found is that as we grow up and just speaking in our age group in, in our peer group yes um what i found is that people grow up and say this is what i was taught at home mm. this is what i grew up with but i'm starting to feel and think like i've been robbed somewhere somehow you know there's certain things that have been withheld from me yeah. and i've been given one thing yeah. and then now all of a sudden i'm starting to see that maybe yeah that's not just it. Yeah. it it doesn't end there it's not the beginning and end or what i have been given and I think you're right when you're saying that it, it is somewhat of a fear thing. It is. It, but it's, it's also almost like you don't want to give someone, it's almost like your parent doesn't want to give you everything because they're like, they don't know what you're going to choose out of the everything. So they rather they just give the one. And that <laughs> is, that is good parenting 101. I cannot fault my parents mm. for that. You know, you're talking about like uh, being robbed or whatever. And please don't, maybe I just said the C word too much, but I'm not here to vilify <laughs> Christianity, not mm. at all. Mm. It was just part of an undoing, an unlearning process for me to not fear mm. that which is outside of that. And mm. as I say, I do not for a single second, and it broke her heart when I was telling her, Mom, I'm on this journey, mm. um, because she is certain without a shadow of, that's her faith. Mm. And that's the faith that was that she grew up in, perhaps. And it's the faith that she embodied. And she decided when she was going to leave a legacy for her children, that is the faith that she would send them out into the world with. Mm. So with all good intention, um, fear aside, maybe there is no fear. Maybe it's just a certainty that this is mm, What it. works. That's all that's going on. But I mm-hmm. think when we're having the conversation of the stuff on the other side um, and the belief that there's only one way mm. um, by virtue of upbringing and be that Hinduism, be it Islam, because mm. all faiths have that similar characteristic. Yes, yes, yes. That you, uh, Judaism, you grow up in a certain thing. This is the way. This mm. is the way we are. Mm. This is our life. This is our community. This is our family. This is your identity. Mm. But you do get to a certain age and you ask, is this really is this really me? Mm. Is that what I really am? Um, did I, am I, am I myself of my own making? Mm. Am I myself of my own choosing? Mm. Um, or is there a way for me to ask deeper questions about who I am? Um, and again, without vilifying, 
because I adore my mother and she's still strong in her faith and I respect that. Mm. Um, for me, it was a thing of look back as you're on the journey for healing because I think that's the other part, the important part of spirituality. Yes, yes let's crut- talk about that mm. actually. Is on, while you're on a journey to healing, um, there's a lot of kind of like looking back that you have to do. So you just make sure that you're understanding the context of the pain and the trauma and you know why can't I get over this and why is this a trigger and um, how do I get over it how do I get over myself Mm. Um, there is the looking back and then the undoing so Mm. that you can think differently learn a different thing so that you can move forward in a different way Mm. Um, and for me that applies to spirituality applies to my psyche my emotions um, and because we are so intertwined. Totally. We we are not separated within ourselves. Mm. And and that's something that I, I'm becoming more and more and more aware of. That we what there could be something happening in your body physically mm. that will affect you spiritually. Or something that's happening to you spiritually that will affect you physically and psychologically. And I, I don't think we've always thought that way. We've always understood that way, that we are intertwined in, in who we are. and But some faiths are very aware of that. Some faiths are. Yeah. Some faiths are. That's true. And African spirituality, traditionally, I don't know too much exactly of what it is, but there has been a very big kind of understanding that your emotional psychological pain has spiritual ramifications and vice versa Mm. Um, as it relates to dream therapy as it relates to dream messaging um, because those things are generated within you but also there's obviously the spiritual element Mm. but when I was doing my research across the earth there are many faiths that are um, you know the concept of chakras for an example Mm is very um, uh, rooted in the fact that there is a sense of human self that is located in here, 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 up the body, in the seven chakras, uh, things like intuition, things like the concept of safety that have a physical manifestation and also have a spiritual manifestation. What are are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned so far in your journey? Oh, my. A little laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I suppose the little laugh is about the fact that I thought I was in a great place. I was I was pretty certain that, like, I had it waxed. I know exactly <laughs> what the spirituality thing is. Anytime there's a trauma, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fine because I'm very aware that I have to heal um, childhood trauma. I'm very aware that this has spiritual ramifications. I, like, I'm set. I've got my toolkit. And then something happens. Mm. And then you realize that you're actually not. You're not there. Mm. And <laughs> <laughs> the test comes and you realize you're not prepared for it. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a second. Are these the questions, really? <laughs> mm. So uh, I think that I'm still on the path. I'm certain that I'm on the right path is one of the things that I say to myself whenever I'm feeling uncertain, I'm safe and I'm on the right path. And I am wherever that path may lead because it's a journey. The destination is the journey. The journey is the destination Um, because you, you know, eternity exists in a moment, Mm. you know, that kind of like um, forever is happening now. Now is forever. So the soul experience in the human body is perfect exactly where it is but when you're climbing that mountain of spirituality of being able to deal with things um, and feel like I'm spiritually accomplished 
I'm in that crest right now, I could say, where I was at a peak and I knew where I was going and I'm in the little crest of humanity where you have to remember this thing and remember that thing and know this thing so that, you know, in future, I imagine that there is a spiritual plane where the thing will happen and you don't fall into the crest. You okay. are so endowed with spiritual understanding, emotional toolkits, psychological understanding that you don't drop all the way. It's just part of the elevation and the escalation yes. to the light. Completely hear you. And your what's your view on the concept of holding up space? So I have to say that this is a little bit new to me. Um, because I only recently had space held for, well, no, let me not lie. Um, <laughs> I went on a spiritual journey where their job is to hold space. And I found it to be um, not alien, but perhaps not familiar. Mm. Forgetting that our parents hold space for us, for an example, by taking care of all the other things so that you can grow and be yes. a child. So it's not like I don't know the concept mm. of it, but as it relates to spirituality, um, I had I was not familiar with it because mm. I was familiar with a different thing. Then I went on this weird journey where I was kind of by myself. <laughs> this <and> weird journey. <laughs> <laughs> kind of floating around and you meet up with, you know, this gogo, this mkulu, um, that <laughs> philosopher, that, you know, so it was a little bit kind of unstructured. And when I found myself in a place where people are talking about the holding of space, it was a little bit weird and alien. Mm. I needed it. It helped. It served the purpose. I did the thing that I needed to do in that place and time. And now I find myself in a place where I'm I'm needing to hold space for others. Others, yeah. And the vibe is to not fill the void. You're, you, are, you are creating the void. So you create the safe space. For the person to fill the void themselves. Uh -huh. With their own experience. And my problem is that I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I perhaps am still very much identified with my ego and love to fill the void with advice and solicit advice mm. because I know this thing and I've learned that thing. But it's really to use what I know, what I've learned, to hold the space and allow the person to have the experience, um, to be where they are and meet them where they are in mm. a sense, but really just to cradle. So I must say that I'm new. I'm, I'm not struggling through it, but I'm learning about um, the power in the silence, the wisdom in the silence, the, according to my upbringing, the be still and no God. So we have to be the thing that holds the place so that the stillness can happen so that people can have their experiences. Own experiences. I, I totally agree with that. Um, I'm hoping that this conversation becomes a conversation starter for mm. many people that will be listening to it. Um, because like we said in the beginning, this is a necessary conversation. Spirituality forms a big, big, big part of who we are. And I've, I've often heard it, but I've also recently experienced it, that it's almost like your spiritual and your physical are twins. Mm -hmm. And you can't have twins and you feed the one twin and you don't feed the other twin. And, I mean, they'll end up malnourished and die. Exactly. And, you know. exactly. So it's important that you, you holistically grow and you holistically take care of yourself all the parts of yourself, whether you understand them or not, whether they're uncomfortable or not. But it's important that 
you hold up space for yourself firstly because I believe you going on the journey that you went on mm. and you're still on yeah. is you first held up space for yourself Fair. and that's yeah. why you'd be able to then in the long run learn how to hold up space for other people for them mm. to have the same experience that you had in their own different kind of way mm. But I think it's incredible that you've been holding this space for these conversations, for an example. <laughs> Even if you have, for, I just feel like it's been a, a, um, a lot of like what I what I thought I knew, not in a bad sense, but I imagine that you've had very enlightening, interesting conversations while you hold the space, even from where you identify. Definitely. Um, which I think is quite powerful. And I wonder what that experience has been like for you. It's been... Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting is the word that comes to mind. It's I've had to be a student myself. Mm. Um, I've, uh, the people that we speak to here or that I speak to here are people with different experiences from different walks of life. And so I've, I've had to sit back and really listen and take in and, and, and also respect that it's another person's experience and, okay. and it doesn't have to be the same as mine. And um, I think growing up in in a certain kind of community and, mm. and society, mm. I personally have have always also had a little bit an ideology that it has to be this, mm. it has to be this way. But I've learned that it's not. Yeah. There's no, there is no black and white, mm. and sometimes there's a little bit of gray, and that's okay. We yeah. we don't have to we don't have to have it all figured out. Yeah. And so I'm just dining, and they're not having it all figured out, and I'm having a good time. I must say, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Thank you so much. This podcast is available on Sowetan Live as well as on all major podcast platforms. Until next week. Be part of our community and follow us on our social media platforms. Till we meet again next week. Magudete obumnyama kuvele ukukanya. Love and light. Evolution is the key to breaking the cycle of the norm.